Welcome to Cooking the Books, the food and hospitality podcast discussing all aspects of the industry. We interview chefs, butchers, brewers, winemakers, restaurateurs, restaurant managers, and we talk about how they got to this point, through the good times and the bad, and what they've got planned for the future. This is Cooking the Books. This week on the podcast, I had Tom Milligan. Tom Milligan is a man who's got two holds two great positions. He's the president. I'm sure it's a president. He's a, yeah. He's the president of the the Baku Store team in in Australia, and they just competed in Lyon at the Baku Store. I'm sure you'll have seen it if you're a chef or whatever. You've seen it on Instagram where they do the big elaborate platter and and all the dishes. It's amazing, and he's obviously one. Which I didn't know this is he was actually one of the judges there. So if you're the president of your your country, you have to be one of the judges also. So he's a judge at the Bakuso, which is, I said it was the Olympic Games of um, of the culinary world, but he reckons it's more like the World Cup with the atmosphere, drums and bangings, and it's just amazing. The crowd go wild. So that's one of the positions he holds, and he's also the technical director of the Cordon, the Cordon Bleu Academy here in Melbourne, which again is a world renowned. Uh, college, school, whatever you want to call it, teaching hundreds of kids, thousands of kids, I should imagine, who go on to do some great things. Um, so he has a technical director there. He's done everything. He's worked at the Ritz. He, he worked. Uh, he's done functions for thousands of people. Ran teams of 300. He's got a really good insight into training. So yeah, this is my my conversation with Tom Milligan, who was, I think. To be honest, I think he was uh, jet lagged and uh, like I said, just got back from Leon, so I appreciate his time. So I hope you enjoy it over at the show. Tom, thank you very much for your time. What a beautiful place, by the way. It's <laughs> such a, what a facility. Can you just take yeah. a second and tell everyone who you are and what yeah. you do? Well, I'm Tom Milligan and I'm the uh, culinary technical director for uh, the Cordon Bleu here in Melbourne. The Cordon Bleu is a uh, renowned culinary school from around the world. We have 50 schools in 20 countries, and we've been uh, teaching the culinary arts since 1835, so a significant school. Bloody hell. And who, who started it? Where did it start? Well, France, it started in France, yeah, yeah. and uh, like you say, a long, long time ago, is, uh, I, I believe it started as a magazine. Oh, really? You know, and then uh, Mr. Contro from uh, uh, Remy Contro, they bought the uh, school in the mid-80s. And uh, it's just gone from strength to strength. Yeah. Went to Kirby College, my college in Middlesbrough. Yeah. That's what it was. Is it is it like that, or do you have to? Is it like you have yeah. to pay? Or no, no. Or uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a full private? it's a full pay full fee paying school. Yeah, it's a private yeah, school. Private school. And uh, often people uh, talk about the fees being you know quite high, which they are. There's no no hiding the fact. Yeah. But uh, the quality of education is uh, amazing, and yeah. and like you say, it's a world renowned school and. The proof's in the pudding, to be fair. A lot of the alumni around the world have gone on to do significant uh, significant things. And I suppose uh, Julie Childs from America is a significant you know, cook who's come out of the school. Yeah. Otto Lingi is another. Oh, Otto Lingi uh, was either, yeah. He was he's with the school. He's killing it. Yeah, he's killing it. And, uh, he was here, actually, last so. week, I think. Yeah, he was in Tasmania. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's just so many of the alumni. And local alumni as well from Melbourne. There's a uh, young man... Uh, completed in 2012 he's got a significant chain of restaurants and just uh, released a food delivery platform oh. yeah, so there's some smart people come through the that school fo- that food uh, platforms like yeah. hello fresh and that there oh, the blue kidney. apron yeah. and yeah it's a, it's a and this one that uh, the young man started i can't remember his name but it's called klupa oh klupa yeah so watch for that it's yeah, significant yeah. guys but yeah i think it's uh you know, it's an amazing formula. You know, if you want to learn how to cook, there's no better school to come to than Cordon Bleu, you know, particularly. And if you want to study in Australia, study in Melbourne. But yeah. like you say... Is there a few in Melbourne? Is there a few in Australia, is yeah, there? Yeah, uh, we have school in Brisbane, yeah. Sydney, Adelaide, and Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. The youngest schools, Brisbane, started in July. 
Oh, of yeah, last year, yeah, yeah, last year. So yeah, it's cool. It is, and the, the the facilities are fantastic, aren't they? Like, look, I've yeah. been in a. Would you say this is a college or a school or a? Or yeah, an no, academy? no. Well, well, this is uh, Holmes Glen TAFE. Yeah. And uh, Le Cordon Bleu in Melbourne is a partnership between Holmes Glen TAFE. Yeah. And Le Cordon Bleu, so it's a. Uh, you know, it's an even partnership. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. But you're yeah, also good. president of the uh, Bakus Door. Yeah. yeah. Which we, you've been, you've just got back from. Yeah, we've just got back from where Australia performed amazing. Did yeah, they? Yeah. We got Michael Cole and Laura Spore. Yeah. Did she win an Apprentice or something in, yeah. in, the, in the South Pacific? Was it? She was. Uh, she's going to be a significant star in the future. She was in the. Uh, she won the best commie in commie, Asia. Sorry, my mistake. Yeah, she won my, the best my, commie yeah, in Asia yeah. for uh, the Bakus Door. She also was on MKR, and she's done a whole range of things. She's going to be a real star, and so is Michael. I mean, Michael runs the uh, Flinders Hotel in uh, down in Flinders. Yeah, and uh, like you say, they positioned 14th out of 24 countries, but uh, that doesn't sound uh, very good in the, in the scheme of things because Australians <laughs> love winners. But the Bakus Door contest, if I would uh, recommend everyone has a look at the Bugu Store contest. It's an amazing contest and it's such a high level. And, and generally speaking, uh, to position in the top 10 or close to is very, very good. I mean... Uh, they call it like the Olympics, don't they? Oh, it's, it's, it's more like the World Cup, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, okay. It's more like okay, the World yeah. Cup. It's really crazy, you know, like you yeah. say, the, the crowd's going bananas. Wild, got the atmosphere great. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's so, so loud. And uh, it's it, you know, tests every competitor and the team on uh, every level, you know, from the logistics bumping in, from the selecting the ingredients to the pressure uh, presenting the food. You know, you've got to present 14 dishes, 14 serves of uh, a theme on a plate, they call it. Theme uh, on a plate. Yeah, which is... So is it just one main course plate? Is that what you're saying? Because you yeah. see these big, like... Yeah, big elaborate, platters. Elaborate yeah. platters, yeah. yeah. Well, well, is that a, part of it as that's well? That's it as well. Yeah. There's, there's a theme on a plate with coal, which is the contemporary modern presentation of... A dish, yeah, and you've got to produce 14 of those, yeah, and then uh, in one go, like in a one table go, of 14, yeah, table yeah. 14, and then yeah. you've got to present the traditional bakus platter, as everyone sees in the bakus doors, this huge elaborate platter which everyone goes crazy about, and yeah, then yeah. Uh, they've got to produce 14 dishes on there. So it's generally a theme of like this year was veal, a veal, a uh, rack of veal, yeah, because that's that's um. The Paul uh, signature. Paul signature with the offal and that's that, right. Isn't it? Yeah. And so we had to do an offal, and then you had to do three garnishes and a sauce. And the same thing for the, because uh, this year it was a, uh, a homage to Joel Reblochon also, because Joel Reblochon passed away last year, same as Monsieur Paul. So, And so they chose the Chartreuse, the famous Chartreuse from Joel Reblochon. So everyone had to emulate that in a modern way. Yeah. And so that was a real test because, you know, people have never ma- uh, made Chartreuse in yeah, many yeah. years. So yeah. to research and so to see the 24 different countries come up with a really innovative Chartreuse. And of course, the the Scandinavian countries dominate the Baku stores. They've always done so. Yeah, I said all, all well, it was Norway, always. Sweden, yeah, yeah. and Denmark, wasn't yeah, it? Well, first, yeah. second, and third, yeah, so wasn't Denmark, it? Gold, followed by Sweden, it? and then followed by Norway, and then Finland come forth. How do they do it? What's the, what's the uh, I think it's just, like you say, the discipline, and you know what they're, they're like for their, uh, you know, perfect techniques and mastering the techniques. Yeah. And we were talking to Rasmus Kofed, and he was saying that, you know, the guys in Denmark, they, they're... Uh, that final training session, they performed it 90 times before they come to you know. So that's the intensity that they go to. And who are they getting to fund them and things? Oh, well, uh, like you say, it's no different to Australia. I mean, we, it's all private fundings, fun, yeah. funding dinners and just raising Same the for them as well, they're the same. Them, you know, yeah, you know, okay. So everyone has to just dig in. But they've got a formula and there's a lot of, you know, people behind the boost store and it's a massive contest in Europe. We want it to be the same in Australia, you know, yeah. because for us to compete but it's to be fair it's not the money because like you say England their budget was very very small and they done a fantastic job oh. coming 10th uh, one one behind uh, America you know and America mm. has America a, won it the year before yeah, exactly. yeah they won it the year before didn't America they? won but but you know it's a, it's a huge contest and everyone makes mistakes and mm. you know yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even at the World Cup, the oh, that, Brazil that. don't win or France. Well, yeah. you know, France did, but you know, Germany get knocked out by yeah, whoever. Do you know what I mean? It can easily happen. It easily happens, and that's what yeah. happened this time. I mean, there was some curveball. We expected the favourites to win. They didn't, and the Scandinavians took took the top three, well, top four positions. Yeah. So, just going back to what you're saying, you, you know, you were saying about the um, about the plates. You've got the fourteen plates, yeah. and then you've got the thing. So, what? 
is you know to do that fourteen the big platter is mm. that still just them two guys? The, yeah, the, still the team. They've got to push. They've just got two, to, just two yeah, of them. Yeah, five and a half hours. That's why they've got to, uh, you know, to do to do perform. all that the fourteen plates and the platter, and or the just platter. a platter. No, no, fourteen plates and the platter. So they've got they've got two main items. So they have the chartreuse and they have the veal, and then you've got to do three garnishes for the chartreuse, three garnishes for the veal. And the sauces, and when we're talking about garnishes, they're so integrated, you know. Yeah, yeah. And full it's not of like flavor. just spinach, cream no, spinach, no, 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 no. <laughs> bit of cream spinach and salted carrots. Yeah. But I think uh, also that the platter design comes into it a lot. I mean, we we are very very uh, fortunate to have uh, a young man called Danny Smith in Brisbane, who has a company called Table Direct, who. Uh, kindly uh, designed the platter for us mm. and he really nailed the brief we wanted to make sure that the platter was typically Australian and if you look yeah. online at the Bagus door you'll see the Australian platter and it just resembles the Sydney Opera House it really oh, it, it beautiful really, it just looks amazing yeah. and that's uh, Danny Smith's uh, you know creativity that come through on that it was yeah. just just incredible and that's what it's about in Australia it's about the camaraderie of everyone coming together you know the guys who work on the plates the guys who work on the the, uh, the produce the farmers and that, and then the chefs coming together to make this I really event. feel like in Australia to be fair that's really happening any, like yeah. that's a true example of Australia now I think Again, about like with the, you know, the natives and, you know, the aboriginals and all the rest. I think now that like everyone's trying to embrace that and embrace the land, I yeah. feel like that we try, you know what I mean? Like, I think oh, that that's, I think, a, so. I think I mean, that's a real big, I don't want to say movement as if it's like a, a, like a marketing tool. I think people are genuinely getting on with that, like thinking, yeah. no, no, that was wrong. We did wrong. We need to move forward, admit to that and, and, and try and, you know, integrate everyone and, and, and all work together. And, and I think it, that it, that's what we're trying to do here yeah. a bit more. And using native products is fantastic. Some of the native spices and herbs and you know the things that they forage for it's fantastic and yeah the guys have been doing it for a long time in the past but it's just coming to the fold now i mean we're starting to export our native uh, ingredients is that right is it I, I, that's what we noticed in uh when we were, whilst we were in france you know the americans want to be all talking about using uh, australian truffles yeah, yeah, that's huge. Using, yeah, yeah, using, yeah. Using uh, yeah. Australian natives, using lemon myrtle, using yeah, lemon all myrtle, yeah. Things, the pepper, what's the pepper? The pepper yeah, uh, Australian pepper berries yeah. and yeah. a whole range of things. So the Kwandongs, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's becoming very, very well worldwide recognised, you know. So yeah, and I think this uh, young man in. Uh, Adelaide uh, Jock Sunfellow is just yeah, yeah. helping a great deal with embracing native produce, you know, and allowing all of us to really experiment with the native, uh, you know, native produce. So what, how do you get onto the, onto the team? Like, how do you choose the people who are going to go and represent us? Oh, well, like you say, we have a, we have a, uh, we have a competition. Yeah. So we have a selection process in Australia. So that'll, that'll happen from June onwards. Part of the Pacoos, uh International Organising Committee ask every country who want to participate to have a local selection so you have to go through a local selection process so we we send out an expression of interest generally through the trade magazines yeah and through the website and then people apply uh, in the first stage reasons why they'd like to be part, part of the team, part yeah, of the team yeah. and, part, and then we have a generally we'll have a, a cook-off competition at, uh, in each state or like in yeah. Melbourne or no, whatever no, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll have it in Melbourne it's a national competition yeah, but it'll yeah, be yeah. held in Melbourne yeah. generally at one of the f trade shows oh yeah and then yeah. Uh, and then we get a host of judges you know from the top restaurants around town and yeah. around, around Australia and what have you and then they'll critique the food and then select the person but we select the person based on not only the food but based on the fact that uh, will they be able to uh, meet certain criteria or can they work well as a team? Because there's a team. No attitudes you know, and all that. Yeah, sort of yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Pliable, <coughs> maybe, as well. That's yeah. right. And listen to, uh, you know, because it's... Take we, direction we, well. Exactly. Because we want to win the Bagus Door, and the Bagus Door has certain criteria. So it's, if you're uh, training for the 100 metres, we don't want someone who's uh, a 1,500 metre runner. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. you need a person who's going to be able to do the best for the Bagus Door yeah, and yeah. understand what the Pagoo store is all about because it's a very, very difficult contest. So the person has to be... And also, we really need to understand if they've got the support of their family and if they've got the support of their workplace. 
because you need it's going to put you have to put extra hours in right you're going to put some doubt. hours in yeah and it's yeah. going to be a training huge. isn't it training. training yeah yeah it's a it's a whole 18 months of applying yourself on top of your work yeah, and you've got to have your family support and you've got to have your 18 months is it so how often does Goose start is well, it every, it's every two years right yeah yeah and uh the selection you know the top teams like you say the danish and the and the swedes and the americans what have you they've already selected their next team their next team you know that's how ahead they are and we need to start to think like that too is it ever the same people again or do you just get one shot oh no we can't have like, like you say if you have a guy who performed well you can bring yeah. him again next year yeah, yeah but they have to go through the selection oh, process right. if he wins know. again yeah 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 yeah, yeah but yeah. Uh, we've had uh, one contestant in the past uh, a chap called Luke Croston who competed uh, three times he competed oh. uh, with George Columboris as George Columboris's commie yeah and then uh, competed twice after that as the candidate and done extremely well a guy called Luke Croston <laughs> and he's doing he, he, he was amazing and he uh, performed and uh, I think he scored uh, his positioning was 12th both times 12th yeah it was really yeah, excellent close you know? that top 10 brilliant close, yeah you know? And uh, last year we had uh, Dan Arnold in Brisbane, who has a fantastic restaurant called Restaurant Dan Arnold. Yeah. And uh, he positioned eighth. Four. And that's the best we've ever done. Is it? And he's an awesome guy. And we would uh, we wouldn't mind Dan uh, competing again for the referee <laughs> off the record. Yeah. <laughs> so get applying, Dan, for sure. Did was it? Is it Paul Chubby? Did what? Did Paul? Oh, Paul, yeah. He it, did it, didn't he? Did yeah, he do he, it one uh, year? He went through the selection in 2011, I think. Yeah, yeah. He didn't get, to, but yeah. he didn't quite get there. No, yeah. Uh, we selected at the time a guy called Shannon Kellum. He beat him against the post. Yeah. Ah. But he was a good guy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Did you ever eat at Paul Bacuzzi's restaurant? Oh, yeah, yeah. Have of you? Of course. It's, it's, it's an icon. And we, and we try to eat there as much as we can. Every time we go to the Bacuzzi store, we try to have a team meal there, you know? Do you, uh, do you have the do you have the chicken? Oh, you know, amazing. it's got to be asked. Do you have yeah, the chicken? You know, that's right. In know. the pork It's in the pork bladder, right? That's right, yeah. What's but it? I've got it. What's I, it? I haven't... Uh, you had it or not? I haven't had that, no. No. At all, but I'd love to. But saying that, uh, recently we just had the, what they call the uh, the dinner of the grand chefs, which was held in the Abbey by Paul Bacuse, which is an amazing venue. It was for 1,500 people, and he prepared the uh, famous uh, truffle soup in the uh, puff oh, pastry. Oh, yeah, with the puff pastry on top, and you bake it. And yeah, it was yeah. incredible, and it was perfect. 1,500 people, and it was perfect. You know, we've so, done that so as these well, guys know how to do it you know? yeah yeah for sure 100 it's a it's a, a it must be a magnificent place you know like yeah. i've never been but i've seen yeah. that there's a big ball like is it like a ballroom or something is that's that right, right that bay, yeah with that's a thing beautiful. that's around the yeah. around the edge is like quite you know it's, it's like a circus inside yeah yeah that's it what i'm like, it's, it's like around the edge is it around the top yeah around the yeah, top, yeah, yeah around the top it's just amazing yeah, like it is amazing and then there's a massive fire You'd love it because for roasting, because he still yeah. they still roast a lot of their it's on the open fire. It's Hanging just, like old, yeah, like like that restaurant yeah. used to be. It's just incredible. Yeah, I, when my wife used to live in Italy, and those that also happens in Italy. I've seen yeah. that quite a bit in Italy. It was just oh, ah, yeah, just yeah, amazing. Just and do you judge? Yeah, yeah. So every uh, team manager is the judge oh, for that country. Oh right, you know? okay. So it's so part of it. Yeah. So there's 24 uh, countries. Yeah. And each team manager, or they call them the president, judges for for that country. You know. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a huge pressure on. Uh, and what? So what are the, that, what you are know? you looking for? What is it like? A, oh well, like you say, it's a uh, there's a criteria which yeah, criteria. is uh, thank you. You yeah. know, and and the points are set for uh, for originality. They're set for uh, presentation. Yeah. They're set for taste and flavor. Taste yeah. and flavor is triple the points than everything else. That's good. So that's great. Uh, more than present, yeah, yeah more, more than, than presentation, which more is than which it should be, right? Yeah. Each judge has a hundred points, so it's twenty four hundred points. Yeah, and then there's uh, two hundred and forty points for the kitchen. Yeah, so the kitchen is significant, also, you know. So there's a whole set of kitchen, chefs. as in what? Like, what do you uh, mean? Like, there's a, there's a set of chefs uh, judging the kitchen, like tidy. Work, if you're working, tidy, wiping working, down hygiene, yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's the judges tasting there, and then there's twelve judges taste the first course, and twelve judges. Taste what did you taste? Course. I tasted the chartreuse. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that was really good. It was really interesting. Some amazing work. Like you who said. who would you say was a real standard? Do you think the winner was meant to be? Oh the winner? yeah, definitely the winner. Like you say, the contest is amazing, and and you know it is the World Cup of cuisine, and you, and the best team always wins. You know, it's not, oh, yeah. It's not a case of you yeah, know, sneak through or whatever. Yeah, wins, yeah. You know? And and like you say. 
Uh, Denmark deserve to deserve to win. Rasmus is just unstoppable. It's like that. It's almost like there's two leagues in the one game. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's the there's the top teams and then there's the levels. Rest. Levels, isn't there? You know, there's a le- know you, know, you hear athletes, uh, especially like boxers and UFC fighters, that they always say there's levels. Yeah, there's levels. There's levels to it, you know. Yeah, and if you're got, not in that top level, yeah. you can, you know what I mean. Yeah. It is what it is. You've got to get to that level, and you've got to keep on yeah. working on it. And that's what we say in, in Australia. We've we broke into the top ten in 2017. And now it's a case of how do we maintain that formula to, to, to get onto the podium, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And we've been on the podium in Asia, and that was the first time, in, like you say, and I think we need to uh, just remember what did we do to get on the podium. And yeah, then yeah. And steer that course, you know? And what, what does it... It sounds a bit stupid, but what does that bring for you? What's the big... Mm. What, like, you know, what's yeah. the big deal if you mm. win it? Well, like you say, the, the actual prize it isn't much. In fact, I wouldn't know what the, the prize money is. To be fair, because it's not, it's not, it's not relevant. Yeah. The, winning the uh, Bakus door, which is the golden Bakus statue, yeah. door, that's the ultimate prize because it's such a uh, iconic status symbol, and it changes the life of, uh, of the, the chefs chef. who become Bakus door winners. Yeah, yeah. You know, they become part of the winners circle, which is a big alumni of top chefs around the world. And then uh, they generally go on to be significant. You look at Rasmus Kofed in Denmark; he is uh, not, uh, the second top restaurant in the world. Yeah, you know. All uh, the, uh, Phil you know. is it Phil Tezier from yeah. um, Thomas Keller's? He's, right, yeah. he's a I think he was one of the he cap- was a candidate. Yeah, last uh, year was it? Was he the candidate when they won it? Yeah, he, he won I think, it. Yeah. yeah, he won it. Fucking and, hell! Uh, they just go on to uh, do great things. things. Even our teams, you know, like you say, I look at I look at. Uh, our teams in Australia who've gone on to be significant and everyone who's participated in the Bogus Door from Australia have gone on to be significant Australian chefs you know we have been talking about George Colin Boris and yeah. Scott Pickett we talk yeah, about Joe yeah. Gavagato you know uh, we've all got great careers got great careers yeah, you know yeah. Shannon yeah. Kellum in, in Brisbane uh, Dan Arnold, who's just opened his restaurant in Brisbane. These guys That's are Chef Dan Island, isn't it? That, Arnold, the one who said he'd come eighth, he's stuck he as the highest. So, you know, they're all going to be significant. And, yeah, all, yeah. and I think it's a lot of it to do with the training that Bugus Door does because it's 18 months of Fuck yeah, discipline yeah, yeah, yeah. and, you know, you still have to make sure that you're using Classic your products wisely. Well, right? Classic. Classic. And, you know, profitability comes into it, you know. Yeah. So the whole management of your restaurant, if you can... Uh, perform in the Bugu store you, you're going to be a successful restaurant too. yeah I get it and that's proven you can see you know Scott who's our coach presently who loves it he's as passionate about the Bugu store as, as all of us and Philip Michel who oh, yeah, is yeah. our sort of PM24 and yeah, yeah. And, and our restaurant Philippe's and yeah, he's our sort of uh, doyen of all what we do with Bugu uh, store in Australia it's quite funny isn't it yeah. with the Australian one I don't know about the rest of them but the Australian one team seems you know you've got the Frenchman you've got the Englishman you've got yeah. the like it's yeah. a real that sums up Australia no, to be, does, do you know yeah. what I mean like it. it's that like, we're equally as passionate about it and you couldn't get a more Australian team than Michael and Laura from Flinders yeah you know two Australians who grow their own vegetables who uh, die for their own seafood who you know yeah. just live the uh, Flinders do they work together normally on a yeah, yeah oh, they, they work together them. they're in the same yeah. and is that normal or would you not is it has it been where it's like two, oh, two oh, no, it's not it's not common it's not common you know, yeah but, yeah uh, generally speaking you've got to get on hand and glove because you're going to be together yeah, for a long yeah, time yeah. You know? yeah yeah for sure so yeah so did, where did you did you go to any of the markets while you were in Leon oh we went to the Bakus market yeah how is it it's one of me it's one of me bucket lists that's just amazing is it just the charcuterie must be off the chart, is it? Yeah. When you arrive at it, it's quite underwhelming, though, because it's this old. It's like a nineteen seventies concrete building, you know. Yeah. And then, uh, but when you get in, that's when you notice all of the beautiful produce and all of those sort of things. But, but Paul Bacuse is everywhere in Leon. You know? Yeah, he, yeah. He's just an icon. Everyone adores him. Everyone loves him. And like you say, the Metro Market, who, who provide all of the. Uh, uh, the, vegetables and produce. The produce for the, the, for the yeah. I mean, it's just on another planet. It, it really is incredible how they package the products. Yeah. You know, you name it, you can have it, and it's and they've made it to your specification. You know, it's just the way they pack the oysters, the way they look after all of the produce. Everything is shown the ultimate respect. You know, yeah. I think I think that's what they do really, really well in in Europe and in France, particularly. You know, it's just an, a real respect for the produce. 
you know? Yeah. You've had a really decorated career, though. Like, you know, you've done so much. Can we just talk about some of the places you've worked at? Because it's some oh. of it super mm. interesting. But yeah. back in Newcastle was a Fisherman's Lodge, right? Yeah. With Terry. Day, with Terry, yeah. Which yeah. We, we both work for. Yeah. That's where the connection is. How was that? And, and how was Terry back oh, in them days? He's always been fantastic and he's always been really loyal to Newcastle, which is, you know, yeah, yeah, for sure. This is fantastic. And, you know, I suppose, like like yourself, he's, he's always going to be held in very, very high regard by myself because he, he's the one who set me on my path, you know. Yeah, he yeah. Gave us the guidance in the early days. For sure. So, how old were you him. when you started working with him? Oh, I would have been. Uh, nineteen or something. Yeah, like okay. This, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have been. He, well, he was only like late twenties, right? Any back then, yeah, I think. Yeah, he would have been. Yeah, yeah, ten years older than me. So yeah, around about probably ten or twelve yeah. years older than me. So yeah, so I'm trying to get him on here. Gone yeah. radio silent. Oh, that's so yeah, if you're yeah, hearing, yeah, get on hard. here because he's he had an amazing career and he's yeah. he's brought on so many chefs. Let's be honest, yeah, bloody hell! Like and in uh, I was back in uh, Newcastle. Just a few weeks back. Oh, and, yeah. Because uh, I went to... Over, when, when you were in France. In France and, uh, recent, obviously. Went yeah. into Phoenix and he's got a whole range of oh, things happening in yeah, Phoenix. Salt water, salt water, salt yeah, Saltwater Co, I think it's called. We went and to some, uh, the Porterhouse Grill. Porterhouse Grill, my, one of my best and, mates, Chris Eagle. Yeah. He's the head chef there as well, and there's yeah. another lad. Uh, Martin Malnowski. Is it Ian? Ian? Oh, yeah, um... Ian Lowry. Ian Lowry's still working Ian Lowry, there. Cause yeah, because Ian, Ian Lowry... Yeah, Ian was up at the... Um, I actually did a... I did about three... Maybe five... I did a Christmas period, so like probably like November, December, January with him when yeah. he was up at... Um, they call it the calf. What Pont- Pontyland. Yeah, that's Yeah, they were short-staffed. I was at, I was working at Queen Street yeah. and... Um, I think he bought staff. that place, didn't he? Yeah, he bought it, and then I don't know what happened. I'm not sure yeah. what happened after that. But Ian's that. definitely there at the Porterhouse and Grill because we caught up. With yeah, him. yeah, he's there. Yeah, and he's also yeah. at Saltwater Co. Oh, and that. Right, yeah, yeah. It's all part of the same sort yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. It's lovely that Phoenix now. Yeah. Eh? Oh, yeah, it's, it's bloody beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, how were so, them days? Because you know he's known for his temper. His all his yeah. Terry was he was he a bit loose, a bit wild yeah, then? He was. He was good. He wasn't uh, by any means. Uh, he was never angry with uh, with us in those days. I think wasn't I think he? He was looked upon as really quite a quite a, a gentle guy because we, uh, you know, there was. It's funny when uh, you've got your own money involved how yeah, things change. Right, things <laughs> change. <laughs> but when he was, because I remember when we when I was we were together at the Fisherman's Lodge, t- Terry came to me and said uh, that he was leaving to go and become the uh, open his own restaurant twenty one, and if I'd like to stay on and be the head chef. Oh, at Fisherman's at Lodge. Fisherman's Lodge. Yeah, awesome. But I'd already made plans to, unknowing uh, to him, unfortunately, I'd already made plans to migrate to Australia. Yeah, okay. And so we, we left exactly at the same time. <sighs> but and, the owners enjoyed that. And so so that was, uh, but Frank and Pam were very supportive, to be fair, because yeah. they, they knew they'd got a lot out of Terry and uh, they were coming to the end of their almost retirement anyway you know, yeah so. yeah because the Fisherman's Lodge was like the, the, the spot was the wasn't place, it yeah, yeah it was it the was spot the but he would, it was but Terry made a great uh, career from himself from that from that restaurant uh, 21 Queen oh from there you mean the Fisherman's, yeah, the Fisherman's yeah. Lodge and he was t- doing very well too how good was Queen Street though I remember oh, when amazing, I first yeah. there at 21 Queen Street I mean, yeah. like I was like I've even got a book I've it shown was. it to him a few times that I got I think it was the Great British Chefs I think it might yeah. have been that book and we went up there I was a, co- I was a chef to part no I was a commie uh, um, do you remember? Do you know a restaurant called Chadwick's? Yeah. In Yarm. Yeah. So I was at Chadwick's there, and Dave oh, wow. Brownless yeah. was friends with him, and he brought us up and you know to show us what that that Michelin star life was like, like yeah. that food. You know, trying to bring us on yeah. a little bit. It was really good. And uh, yeah, we met him. He was like, you know, it's like a god almost. Do you know what yeah, I mean? He had yeah. that. He had a real yeah. like in the chef he has world, a presence, yeah. massive presence in that world. And yeah, like was, you say, he's I owe him so much. Honestly, yeah. I couldn't. I, it's, without like, him, I wouldn't be nowhere near. No, I, I think. Am now. I think. Uh, I think everyone does, and. In Newcastle, I mean, he he must have the market sewn up now. He has so many. He must have six there. restaurants or seven restaurants, yeah. yeah. And we opened Jez Bindeen House, and yeah, that was just right. that. That was just the best. Like, yeah. you know, that was like he was there. Yeah. You know, I, I remember. I'll tell you a story. So. We used to be fucking petrified of him. That's the truth. We yeah. there was, we were pretty scared of him. He was a pretty, you know, we've had we've had some big services and we've had some big blowouts as well. To be fair, some fights and. Um, we used to go in, and me and Chris Eagle, I'd pick Chris Eagle up, the guy who's now the head chef at the at the at the, at the steak house, and um, 
we would be coming into work, you know, we'd come early because we want to get in early yeah. to try and get as much mise en place done before he got there because once he got there, he would just be on your fucking back yeah. and, you'd, you know, you'd, it would be hard to do the mise en place because you'd be taking so many bollockings. Yeah. You'd have to stop, listen to your bollocking <laughs> and then, st- you know, so you're trying to get in there and get as much work done as you can yeah. before you started getting your fucking bollockings because if he's in at, like, you know, 8.39... You know, 20 past nine, the first one will be... You're yeah. going to be getting one. You're getting, like, probably 10, 15 a day, for sure, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And um, I remember we used to get in there, especially at the beginning, you'd be there all the time. You know, would be driving... You, I don't know if you remember Jasmine Dean House. You've got yeah. to drive, you drive around that corner, and his fucking car would be there. You'd be like, oh, <laughs> fuck. Like, you're not even getting an hour. Yeah. You get there, and yeah. he's there working, grafting away, you know, out the back, doing the ladder, breaking everything down, and you just think, this is going to be a long fucking day, this one. Yeah. But it was... The, like I've said it before, yeah. it was the best time. It yeah. was the best training. Oh, yeah, it was the say. best. Yeah, yeah. Compromising, yeah. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. If it's wrong, it doesn't matter. Like if the customer has to wait fucking half an hour, an hour. Yeah. Like yeah. it's you know. Yeah. Get I think it. that's what's been the success of it. You know, and he's give everything to his profession. You know? Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Some of the lines as well that he would say, you know, like like. Um, don't think the fucking stupid. Don't think the customer's stupid. Like yeah. them lines that you think at the time, you're like, oh, don't think, yeah, yeah. But now I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. don't fucking underestimate yeah. these people. Yeah, these exactly. people are going to France. These people yeah. are going to Spain. These people are eating out yeah. once a week, twice a week. You, don't you, under- you, and you shouldn't be treating them like guinea pigs. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. You've got yeah. to try your dishes. You've got, you know, that's the whole thing. You, you don't put something on the menu that uh, you haven't trialed beforehand. Yeah, and yeah. Use your customers as the guinea pigs. Exactly, the, exactly. And he, another one was like, it's still uses it. Two more, I'll tell you two more. That you used to always say it was, I should, I'm not mocking, I love Terry Labour more than anything, but like, one would be like, uh, it's took me 15 years or 20 years to build my career and you just ruined it in one service. Yeah. I feel yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah. you know, you feel so shit about yeah. yourself. So many classics. Yeah. That You know, there's just so many that you used to say it was. But oh, they make you, they really make you, at the time you don't like them then, but when you really think and analyse them, they're actually pretty yeah. smart. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, that's right. You, you would know? just say, there was never any... Uh, malice in what he said it was always just a matter of fact you know yeah yeah straight down the line it's amazing no, so you done. weren't there that was amazing then you were at the Ritz as well yeah yeah then how was the Ritz? Ritz that was great with Michael Quinn he was an amazing guy you know and uh, it was just an amazing time to be at the Ritz I, I always uh, just you bump into so many people all of the time from the, from those times you know when yeah, we were yeah. there I was just a young commie at the time but you know Chris Galvin who Galvin Brothers, brother, yeah, yeah. He was on the sauce when I was on a uh, young commie on the fish, and there was Fuck. a whole. Uh, I love the Galvin Brothers, of, they were yeah. some of my favourite. The windows, I've eaten at windows. They come and did a dinner at Jesmond Dean House when I was oh, there, right, actually, Chris yeah. and Jeff. Yeah, well, I think uh, Chris was particularly close to Terry, actually. Yeah. They know each other a long time. And I bumped into, a, like it's here recently in uh, uh, in the Bagoose Door, the president from New Zealand knows is working with another commie chef who was on my section at uh, the Ritz and he's been working with him in uh, New Zealand you know Bloody so you just hell. bump into people because yeah, yeah. So the many people. of chefs yeah, yeah. around the world is so small you know yeah, and yeah. we had so many great chefs working with us at the Ritz and uh, Michael Quinn was just one out of the box he was from Leeds you know, was so, he? and he was the first British chef at the Ritz British first executive chef at the Ritz and, it was, and he was probably one of the first you know, celebrity chefs of his time, if you like. Yeah. He passed away last year, but, uh, you know, what a what an amazing road he had, you know, and he was very instrumental in a lot of our, our uh, you know, careers. And amazing, yeah. amazing time. Big, big operation, yeah. that though, a big, big operation. Know? And from there we went, you know, then then uh, actually Michael Quinn left and he, w- he went to a country house hotel in uh, Stratford and he wanted a few guys to go with him, so... Uh, a few of us in the Ritz put our hands up, so we left with him and went to the uh, a, a country house in Stratford and Avon called Eddington Park. I love them country and, houses. And it was beautiful, yeah. yeah, yeah we yeah. did some great work there. And then. Uh, They're beautiful, aren't they? Went, yeah. Like when you're driving up them. And oh, that, I yeah. worked at a place called Craythorn Hall, I don't oh, know if you yeah. know it. It's, it, it yeah, no. That was beautiful. You drive up, it was a beautiful, yeah. like same kind of thing, big yeah. old house. And then you, you know, do all the, the, have the hunting lodge and all yeah, that sort of yeah, thing, yeah, and the yeah. game and all that sort of thing. Yeah, it's pretty beautiful. Fantastic. And you were at Petty Blanc. Yeah, I, I remember Blanc. when Petty yeah. Blanc because that's that's Raymond Blanc's like yeah. um, offshoot, uh, offshoot, effectively. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Like it's one star place, you know. Yeah, 
and that was uh, that was an interesting time because uh, you know just Raymond is just an amazing guy again. Again, he was, he was in another another level again. You know, another yeah with chefs training. Yeah. We're saying Terry, yeah. but again, them levels yeah. he's brought just, on bloody hell. It was just another level at all, yeah. you know, and it was just just a fantastic uh, uh, learning experience for myself, you know. Yeah, and from there it was a case of. The, what happened after that? We went to uh, we went back home to uh, Newcastle. Yeah, we yeah. With Terry as his sous chef for a while. At Queen Street. Yeah. Uh, no, no. This was still at uh, oh, Fisherman's Lodge. At Fishman, we went yeah, back yeah. And then because uh, Terry was looking for someone, and then uh, and I stayed there until we uh, migrated to Australia. Mm. You know? And yeah. in Australia, you've worked at Cr- Crown. With the yeah. Exec? Well, I was uh, initially we were at the the Hyatt. Oh yeah. In Adelaide, and then uh, and that was amazing. We, we, you know, we were the first. Uh, we were the first organic and biodynamic restaurant in South Australia. It was just amazing. Yeah. And we were doing some fantastic work, working with some great farmers. And uh, we were buying unpasteurized milk and cream at the time. A farmer in uh, Meadows, and he would provide, he was happy to provide the milk and cream, but I had to provide the churns. And so, and then we were buying all of the game uh, in the fur and in Bloody the feather. Hell. Yeah. So we had uh, the pheasant in the feather and. We were just doing some beautiful work, and and we ended up getting a gourmet traveller restaurant of the year. Oh, bloody about hell! Nineteen. This is about. I'm talking about 1989. Yeah. Mm. So it was. It was an amazing time. The restaurant was called the Flurio, and it was just one of those iconic restaurants. You know that would have just went on to be, absolutely significant. But unfortunately, we had a Hyatt had a fire, in that building. In that, in that oh. building, and got it out. So that changed a lot of things for us. So, uh, but also at the same time, you know, I was looking at opportunities and. During that time, the the Hyatt said to me, uh, "If I'd like to open a project, the Park Hyatt in Buenos Aires, oh, in in, in Argentina, South America." So yeah. I just said yes, you know, because being a young person, <laughs> yeah. why not? You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so he went over there, and that that was an incredible, uh, incredible uh, year. Yeah, it was just over a year, so it was yeah. just amazing. And then, but you did work at Crown here. How was yeah, that? That's Crown, huge. Yeah. Yeah, How was, was that? Great. Yeah, well, we were part of the opening team at Crown, and uh, that was we opened in uh, the new Crown, not the old Crown, the new the new building. The one that's there now. That's there now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I was the chef, the, the first chef with Chaconi's restaurant, where Rockpool is. Rockpool is, is yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and that was a significant time, but it was an amazing bunch of uh, really team. Amazing team at that time, you know, and under Walter Wagner, who was the chef at the time, just an amazing talk about uh, German discipline. He was incredible. Was he? And uh, we talked to many chefs about uh, the time spent setting up Crown. As you can imagine, it was just a massive machine yeah, to set up. Huge, isn't it? It's absolutely huge. So that huge. was a really great time. And then, uh, and then Atlantic. And then, and then after that, yeah, then we then I went to the Windsor for a while, six years. Is that the, the is the Windsor the one opposite um, the, Parliament? Parliament, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's like, like chef there, and that was a really great time. That's a beautiful, that's building. beautiful building. Yeah, yeah. That's like proper like London style yeah. building, isn't it? Yeah, on that corner. Yeah, great team, great uh, food, great uh, great owners. They was owned by the Oberoi. They were amazing. And uh, I mean, if you've ever been to an Oberoi in India, no, uh, no, I've never been to India. Like, uh, Oberoi chain in India is the the best chain of hotels in India you know oh, okay. they've got a school of excellence they're really just the top end and at the time they owned the Windsor uh, in in Melbourne yeah uh, but they don't anymore no no they sold it but uh, that was a good time yeah, it was a great time yeah. and then from there we went to uh, then I joined uh, Holmes Glen Brilliant. after the Windsor so we joined Holmes Glen and then from Holmes Glen because I w- we had a relationship with uh, Atlantic Group yeah the, the owners were looking for a head chef at one stage and uh, somehow I put my hand up and ended up back in the kitchen after, you know. Yeah, so I was yeah, there for yeah. six years and then... Uh, How was that? Because yeah. that, that was another big... You love the big operations, big machines, eh? yeah? Bloody hell. Yeah. Like. <laughs> the big, that's one thing, you know. Not 30 cover yeah. restaurants, just nah, not following I think that. That's the, I think that's what happens, you know. You go... Uh, once you've been doing the large operations, yeah. things which are small really don't uh, sit well with you, you know, because yeah. it's not... It's not challenging enough, though. Better to do do bigger and bigger. And Atlantic was a, a big machine, you know. We were doing, you know, thousands of covers a day. Yeah, fine. You know, with uh, hundreds of, you know, I think we were, like, you know, some often we were a brigade of three hundred plus, you know. 
training's been a big part. Obviously, yeah. with these big teams, training yeah. must have been a huge and part. And I've always been very interested in training. And, and the funny thing is, every time I've been, well, like all my time spent in Melbourne, I've always been connected to TAFE, you know, doing yeah, okay. different demonstrations or doing uh, teaching one day a week or whatever, you know. So yeah. in William Anglis or Holmes Glen or uh, Cordon Bleu or whatever, you know. So I've always been very interested in training. And then mm. I suppose when you get to... Uh, my age now, you know, you're a little bit uh, knees are a bit know, gone. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, you don't want to be standing on your le- legs. Yeah, no, it's hours, you know? definitely for so, sure. Uh, training is a really good way of uh, still being connected and still being passionate, like what you mentioned. You know, yeah, being I'm still as passionate as I was when I first started the industry. Probably more passionate. It doesn't you know? die. I don't think that. And, to be uh, honest, if you love exactly. the industry, and I th- and exactly that. If you love, it's like the old cliche. You know, if you. Uh, uh, love what you do. You never work a day in your life. It's you true, know? and I think that's what it's always been good for me. So yeah, I think it's a case of uh, and also giving back, know? right? Yeah, giving back. Giving back. It's a big part. I know yeah. it's like so yeah. cliche. Oh, yeah. giving back, but like yeah. I genuinely believe in that. Yeah, like I really back. do. And, and I, I also like feel like sorry, you know, I also yeah. feel like if someone's worked for you or been yeah. with you or, or train, you know, has yeah. been part near you when you've been training or whatever. Yeah. You want them to go away. They're a reflection on you. Do you know oh, what yeah, I mean? That's yeah, what I, that's, I, that's yeah. the way I look at it. Yeah. Like, and also, we kind of forget that this is a craft. We do definitely. it's a craft, what we do. So we have to pass on the craft. Exactly. You know, we have an obligation to pass it on. We, can, you know, it's not something that you can learn out of a textbook. So the, so the repetition, the, the repetition that we need yeah. to do, and we need to pass on the skills. And we only can do this if uh, you know uh, from the likes of us. You know, definitely. We are the you know. How like because dishes disappear? Like I remember this yeah. is like going off a little bit, but like, uh, do you remember when you used to cook the carrots in the sparkling water? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember exactly. that? Yeah. Like, where's that gone? Yeah. No yeah. one cooks carrots in sparkling no, water anymore. No. I love that. Yeah, and the Vichy water originally it started in Vichy water. Vichy, what's Vichy, Vichy water? Vichy water is from Vichy. You know, you know when everyone talks about Vichy carrots. Yeah, yeah. Vichy. Well, actually, Vichy carrots come from the, the place Vichy, which is a. a which I believe it's a, a province in in France, and the yeah. water comes from. There's a particular water which is a it's it's called Vichy water, which is a little bit. It's a mineral water, yeah, and it's a little bit. It's heavily mineralized, and it's a little bit very very salty, yeah. And the, you know you'd slice the carrots very very finely, and then you'd sweat off some uh, very finely Brunoise shallots, yeah. And then you would put the carrots in, and then you just cover them with the Vichy water, yeah. And then you put a cartouche, and then you'd cook them like a tuve, you know, like yeah, yeah. on top of the stove. And, that, and then the Vichy water would absorb into the carrots. And yeah. That was the Vichy carrots. Yeah. yeah and so and all we, those dishes, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, like you we know. used to do it with like a little knob of butter, yeah, spri- you know, a little sprig of tarragon, yeah. maybe a and little pinch. Sp- yeah. the sparkling water. Sparkling water. But like, where's yeah. that gone? Yeah. I think but, about these kind of things all the time. Like, why is no one doing yeah. like. When I talk to uh, only Michael at the time, I said, Michael, you've got to, you've got to, in the Bagu store, you know, you've got to cook your vegetables. You know, not this blanch them in salty water and out in, in a half a second. This is a Baku store. You've got to cook your vegetables. Yeah, 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 yeah. expect them to be cooked to the point of perfection, not just crispy because we, 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 all, we cook them crispy. Uh, exa- they have to be cooked to the point of perfection. Yeah, you know? when I first cooked green beans again for, uh, with Terry, yeah. and I just blanched them, you know, blanched them, you know, whatever, a couple of minutes, a little bit yeah. al dente in the ice water. He's like, they're fucking, they're raw. Yeah, they're, they're raw. Right. They're not cooked. Yeah, yeah, like, they've got to be cooked. Yeah. He said, that, and he said, the only way you would eat them like that is if you could get them from the garden yeah blanch them yeah and go on them straight away that's yeah. the only time you would yeah. eat them at the, like like that yeah. otherwise they need cooking they, yeah. you know they and then they have a flavor don't they yeah you know? yeah exactly. no. you've got to cook them to the point of perfection where the flavor is right exactly and I think that's that's you can't just you know and that's one of the challenges with with all what we do you know even if you're going to sous vide something you still have to know when it's cooked perfectly yeah yeah you know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, you can't just stick it in the bag and then stick it in the circulator and then hope for the best no definitely you know you've got to know the point of perfection and i think that's that's we have an obligation as chefs to make sure we're looking for that perfect point in the cooking you know that sweet point in the cooking yeah. where where everything is uh perfect the braising of vegetables are beautiful you yeah, know yeah, you know I like absolutely definitely i yeah, like yeah i think cooking them like funny enough you at the Pagu store uh, gala Dinner at the end of the Buku store, there's a gala dinner for everyone. And uh, at the gala dinner, they serve veal, just a uh, fillet of veal. Yeah. Nice uh, sauce. and uh, But the vegetables were braised beautifully. They were all just cut, just like little cylinders. 
but it was like a turnip and sweet and carrot and whatever. But they were cooked. You know, they weren't... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, they were, they yeah, were just yeah, yeah. Not mushy, yeah, just but not crunchy, perfect. just like zinc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful. And the flavour was perfect. Yeah, yeah. And it's as opposed to, you know, in Australia, try to put your knife in the carrot and it'll just skate across the, the table because it's not cooked. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, but yeah. They think it looks good, but there's just no flavour. And It's true, yeah. That's what I mean mm. about the training. Like, you know, it's, everything's changing. It, it must be not a worrying time, but like... There's definitely an area where technology... It, it can be a point where technology is in is in such a generation yeah. that then them skills don't get passed on almost. You know, like, yeah. basically, like, um, like yeah. I guess, like, my, back end of my mother's age where, the you know, the wife was at home and all the rest yeah. of it and them baking things were getting passed yeah. down. Yeah. And then the, the man went to work. Yeah. And then... And the so recipes are lost. The recipes are lost, yeah, exactly. The recipes are yeah. lost. The family yeah, recipes exactly. are lost. And there's no... Uh, more important cuisine than Chinese cuisine where there's whole generations of recipes being lost because of Mao's uh, crazy uh, you know where where he took over and then he started burning all the recipe books and burning all the literature and burning everything so I didn't you know, know that so to be between honest. 1947 and 1980 there was so much lost as far as recipes go you know, and I think it's a case of the you know the same thing is happening in the modern times because That's what, no yeah. one is reading either. You know, yeah, like, yeah. like if you look at if you look back even at our generation, we would have books on our shelves books in our and house. Book. Yeah, yeah, books and books and books. You look in my my son's generation now. There's no books, they isn't it? Books. I wouldn't know to you be know, honest. They don't want books, like you say, you, you don't see books. They don't. You don't see them reading them. They're scanning their iPad and they're scanning their phone and the, yeah, the, yeah. the speed reading, but they're not taking the time to really enjoy. A good book, you know? definitely. You know, the other thing about books as well, which I think, which I felt, I, I don't know, it's like I was great, but I try to read every single night before I went to bed. Every yeah. night, I would just read it. You know, I'd have a book, I just read a few pages, read yeah. a few pages, read it, yeah. whatever it would be. And I used to also like knowing my books. So, like, if, like, say if I needed a parsnip soup, for instance, you know, just straight off the parsnip soup, I would be like, uh, yeah, you know, Gary Rhodes. Yeah, yeah, it was in that one. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Or And you just try and remember, or if I need a, yeah. you know, black pudding, yeah, it would be it Paul Heathcote. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, that. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? You just know where the recipes where the recipes were, were yeah, yeah, which was right. another, you know, I think. That's right. Now there's so much junk on the internet, but, but the kids go to the internet first. Yeah. And then they'll pick up a black pudding recipe and then just use it and then wonder why it's not yeah. working because they just haven't you know got the right recipe there's just so much junk on the internet yeah there is there is a lot it's it's very it's it's i think it's a, it's a real interesting that's why bakus daub and things like these are really important yeah. because it is yeah. keeping that alive yeah. isn't it well, that's Do where the I mean? innovations come from you know like you say for many many years the bakus daub has been where the innovations in restaurants and in uh cuisine happen because it's been practiced and practiced and perfection yeah. and perfection and perfection and then you see you see from the Bogus door many of the innovations that's come through the Bogus door over the 30 years that it's been uh, the contest been going you see innovations happen in all of the restaurants you see them in the American restaurants uh, uh, Alinea and all of the top restaurants you know you're talking with Rasmus in Denmark you see so much of the innovations happen in in uh, in the from the Bogus door yeah you know? yeah yeah I'm just trying to think of a market whoa the chef from Sweden two star Michelin uh, Michelin I went there um, Billy used to work there um, oh. Matthias Dahlgren oh, yeah. do you know him no oh no. man his restaurant was beautiful in yeah. Sweden yeah that was so nice there's so many uh, great chefs great places in yeah there. yeah I just think they've got a different way of looking at food they're so balanced and measured the, the Scandinavians the way they go about their their life their the life way. as well well as well maybe it's something to do with the, the extreme weathers as well do you right. know what I mean so like they're, they're, they've kept preserving because yeah. they've had to you know what I mean they're, they're the still eating herrings yeah. and smoking yeah. and, and all these recipes because yeah. you know it, yeah. a bit more yeah they're still doing it I guess yeah. is what you would say so now you're here you're, you're at the um, Cordon Bleu yeah. Academy what um what is what is the structure? I know you briefly went over it, but what is the structure? Can you come here and learn pastry, yeah. or can you come here and learn bakery, yeah. or is it like a, you know, it was MVQ back in my day. I don't, yeah. Is it MVQ? What no, is it? Here so is, it's like what is say, it? With, with us in the Cordon Bleu, it's its own Cordon Bleu uh, Grand Diploma. Yeah, and then you can so you can have uh, what they call uh, you can study cuisine. Yeah. And you can study uh, pastry, yeah, patisserie, and you can, and then you get the grand diploma if you do both. Right. So it's 
basically nine months for the cuisine, nine months for the uh, for the patisserie, and you have to do a six month industry placement. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's uh, it's so it's just one year here, basically. Well, if you want to learn cuisine, it's one year intensive. Yeah. It's an intense year, so you're here five days a week. Yeah. And uh, uh, one year here, so that's great. So it is. It's significant, and the uh, and you learn all of the French techniques. Along with uh, you know really understanding French cuisine, so yeah, 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 it's really great. And do you have a restaurant here? Yeah, yeah, we have a restaurant called Cilantro. Uh, so people, the so public, people can come, people can public. come, can yeah, and, ju- yeah. and just enjoy just lunch, being... lunch and dinner, you know. And then there's special dinners which we do with special degustation nights, and we do wine nights, we do a whole range of specialty nights too. So you can just look on the website, go to the Le Cordon Bleu website. Yeah. And you can just uh, book online or you can. Do you have a, do you, do you have a mail a mailing list or anything? Uh, no, we don't. No. I don't think we have a mailing list. I'm yeah, not yeah. sure about that. Okay. It's something yeah. we should look at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Well, listen, I want to yeah, finish this good. up. Well done. I want to, I want to just a quick fire, a bit of a quick fire thing. Yeah. Fish and chips or bangers and mash? Uh, fish and chips. Where, whereabouts? Whitby? Uh, yeah, South Shields? Yeah, probably go to Marshalls in Tynemouth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember um, Magpies? Have you been to Magpies in no. Whitby? In Whitby? No, no, oh, no, that was, that yeah, was a class. Good. Yeah, it's class. I would go back there tomorrow if I could. Uh, beer or lager? Uh, beer. Beer? From the cask? Pulled? <laughs> you, anything that's coming? Sunderland yeah. or Newcastle? Newcastle. Newcastle all day. <laughs> um, bacon sandwich or sausage sandwich? Bacon sandwich. Yeah. Cup of tea or cup of coffee? Tea. Tea? Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Tom, I appreciate Good your time. Me. I much appreciate it and good luck for this year. Fantastic. Well, if you got this far, you must have semi-enjoyed it. So thanks for listening. I hope you did enjoy it. And it wasn't just in your car being played and you just couldn't be asked changing the channel. So yeah, appreciate it. No, if you did enjoy it, tell a friend. And if you get chance, leave a review. Like I always say, I definitely wouldn't leave a review because I'm a lazy fucker and it's not my style to leave reviews like that. But what I would do is give a five star or a three star or a two star. But if you're feeling semi-generous and you got a tiny bit of interest out of this and you thought, you know what, that wasn't bad. Wasn't bad for someone who hasn't got a fucking clue what they're doing. I'll give that brother a five star. If you do that, I'll be stoked. Thanks very much. Till next week. Have a good one.